On this Aviation special, we are previewing the AV3 event and talking about the future of conferencing and collaboration with Shuli Forte and Jeremy Caldera. All that and more next on this Aviation special. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is an Aviation special. What's next for conferencing and collaboration? This is an Aviation special. My name is Tim Albright, your host. In about two weeks, on June 17th, we, along with our friends over at Avixa uh, and SCN, System Contractors News, will be hosting AV3, a look into the future of AV. Uh, and with me to talk about their panel is what's next. Uh, we'll talking about what's next for conferencing and collaboration. First, an old friend of this uh, program and me, Mr. Jimmy Caldera from Pearl Technology. Welcome, sir. Hello. Greetings, everyone. Uh, and also with us, uh, a young lady from uh, New York, Shuli Forte from Hi. Willis Towers Watson. Welcome, ma'am. Hi. So as, as we're talking about this, and, and, and Willis Towers uh, Watson, uh, Shuli uh, manages the technology for, for them and, and their clients. Jeremy, obviously, um, a well-known integrator. Uh, so we'll get kind of two different sides of this. Jeremy, as, as you're looking at kind of the, the, the summer, really, and, and getting into the fall, what are, we, what are you hearing from your clients um, when it comes to getting back to work, getting back to work safely, and, and really leveraging some of the, the collaboration tools that we've all used for the last year at home? Well, from a big picture, everyone's excited to be going back to the office, but not a single person can tell me that they're actually going to go back to the office. Right. Every one of them says, yep, this is the date that they've set, and we don't think that's actually going to stick. Right. So from that perspective, it's very interesting. But what I'm finding is that people are starting to budget more and more. On, on our perspective, that's great. Right. Let's get some quotes out. Let's get some proposals out. Um, you know, we're battling the backlog of uh, inventory that manufacturers have and their inability to, to produce product. Um, so from an integration perspective, you know, we're very excited. And I think all of the end users are very excited to be getting back to work. The preparation that they're doing now, I think, is key and is vital. But how they're going to do it, they really don't know yet. And they're kind of relying on us. And to be honest, we really don't know yet how we're going to design these systems to fully function, right? And I say that because I'm noticing now that we're seeing a large jump in innovation that we have not seen in a very long time. Right. One of the things that we said about Infocom years ago, a couple of years ago before the pandemic, right, was, um, oh, what, what wowed you at the show? Eh, not that much. Right. Wasn't anything too crazy or new. I think that's going to change over the next year. Right. Because everyone's been forced into this new technology. So how we're going to approach that from an integration perspective and how end users are going to use it is kind of up in the air, I, I, I think. So. You know, again, people are, are excited, but there's a lot of unknowns out there. Right. Surely, from your perspective, uh, Shuli lives and in, in works in, in New York. Um, obviously, you've been working remotely for the last year. You know, regardless of, of what you know, Willis Towers Watson has said for uh, a return to work. What are you hearing from both your your cohorts, your your coworkers, uh, and others in and around New York? So yeah, definitely we're at the stage now where people are starting to feel more comfortable about going back into the office. Um, 
And it seems like the trend will be that the reason for going back is not really to sit at your desk and just work on your laptop all day. The reason is to collaborate, right? So um, a lot of the ask is now around making sure that collaborative spaces, meeting spaces are you know, ready. And um, people have gotten very used to working from home and using you know, the technology that we have um, from their laptops. And they probably just want to be able to go into the conference rooms and get a very similar experience just on the AV equipment that's in there. So that's kind of the, the, the focus that we have now is how can we make the experience seamless for the user, for the colleague when they walk in or the client. You know, so, um, so definitely that, um, you know, we also want to focus on the hybrid approach as well. You know, when you have people sitting in a conference room, they, they can see each other and they, and they have that immersive effect because they're all in the same room and they can read each other's expressions and everything. How do you bring the remote worker into the picture and actually have them be able to attend the same way, you know? Um, so we, we want to kind of explore how you can maybe um, find a way to put like, I don't know, everybody's video along the bottom of, of a large screen so that you, you can clearly see every person. Well, obviously, if there's 35 or 40 people on the call, you can't do that. But, you know, at least the ones who are talking, you know, get a really good, nice, clear photo, uh, not photo, but a video image of them so that they can, you know, kind of like we are now, you know, so that we can get that even when they're in the conference room or at home. So I think that's a that's a big part of what we're trying to get to as like the modern workplace. Jimmy, um, you surely brought up the, 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 the H word, as it were, the, the hybrid word. Uh, 10 years ago, that H word was huddle space. Um, and, and what do we look at when we look at, you know, repurposing some of those huddle spaces? Because uh, every smart person that, I, that I've read and listened to is said that the huddle spaces are, are gone at least for a while. We're going to repurpose them into something else. What does hybrid look like? Um, for the rest of the year uh, as, as we kind of get back into somewhat in-person and somewhat still remote? You know, it's interesting. Our, our company here is part of a larger company that has different aspects, insurance, things like that, right? So from a corporate perspective, we're starting to discuss just that. Now, it started prior to the pandemic, but the pandemic has forced it, the conversation of remote work, right? Who's allowed to remote work? Who's not allowed to remote work? And now it's, we weren't going to do anything hybrid, but now we have to do something hybrid, and it's not just for the pandemic or right after. It's pretty much permanent, right? Because so many other larger companies have decided to do this, that now you can go work for a company in California and live in Illinois. So how do we remain competitive if we're requiring you to come into the office and they're giving you that flexibility, right? So that, that appeal is there. So how do you achieve that? So I'm looking at that from our perspective as an end user, but then also in my division of the company, how do we provide that for the other portions of the company as the integrator, right? Hybrid is where it's at. It's where it's going to be for the foreseeable future, right? I think that companies are going to have to expect that there's going to be a hybrid workforce. It is genuinely going to be every meeting where you have a mix of multiple people in a conference room along with someone that's remote, right? And so clear quality of audio and video is going to be 100% what you need. And, you know, interestingly enough, kind of what you were talking about, the different technologies that we have to bring into the conference room, you know, Pre-pandemic, I was still having conversations with clients because it was costly. How many rooms in this new wing are we going to make that are just audio conferencing and how many actually need video conferencing, right? 
that's not even in the conversation anymore. It's 100% video conferencing across the board, right? Now, it's all shifting to software-based, right, versus the hard codecs of, of times. At least that's the majority of what we're seeing. Um, but video is, is, is there. It has to be there because you need that one-to-one, -one, right? You were exactly right about, you know, when you said it's not to come back to work into the office to sit at your desk all day, although I feel like that's what I've been doing lately, <laughs> Right. It's it's let's collaborate with the team that's here right now. In, in my case, I've got limited people still here at the office. We haven't fully opened back up yet. So it's not a lot of people here to collaborate with. I'm still using Teams and Zoom and everything else pretty, you know, pretty regularly. But that's it. I mean, it's it's that face to face that you just don't get over a video screen, you know, and, and we need those tools to make that happen. So. I was going to say another another important piece of it from our side also is in the techno is the platform side of things is just not just within Willis Towers Watson, but also B2B, you know, finding a way to make sure that whatever technology one company uses will, you know, be able to hope, what's the word for it, um, to basically interrupt, to work with another technology, you know, like uh, a polycom environment can work with a Cisco environment or Zoom can talk to, you know, BlueJeans or whatever, you know, it's also, that's another part of it is finding a way to make sure that conferencing across multiple platforms can happen from, you know, between businesses as well. And we could have that conversation from a technical standpoint, but it comes down to what we've talked about for several years now. Think of the rebranding of Avixa, right? It all comes down to the experience, right? So if you can ensure a quality experience from room to room to room to room, it really doesn't matter what your back end is. That's my job. I take care of that. That's your job to some respect at a larger organization, right? Our clients your employees, my customers, the key there is to make sure that they're having that user-friendly experience and minimal downtime in getting a meeting going up and running, right? So we need that interoperability to be flawless, right? Because it makes it flawless for them and it makes the meetings go smoother, right? And, and the part that is not the greatest about this whole ordeal is we're still kind of reliant on the software companies. We were having a conversation earlier. I won't throw anybody under the bus, right, Tim, about how certain platforms will change the regulate, you know, like how they do things. You know, there's not like you have a contract with them that you're guaranteed certain speeds and qualities and all this other stuff. You're not guaranteed what the layouts are going to look like when they do a software update. So you can promise your customer one thing for getting those larger images of the people on, you know, across the bottom of the screen like you want, right? But then tomorrow it could be completely different and there's not a thing you can do about it, right? So that's that's going to be the constant battle that we're going to have from a software perspective going forward. So so let me ask you, as, as technologists in general, right? Because both Shuli and Jeremy, you guys have customers, right? Shuli, you, your customers are your coworkers, right? The people using, using this space, but you both have customers. Um, how do you communicate that? How do you convey that, the fact that you have no control over I'll throw two people on the bus over the Teams layout or the Zoom layout, right? And I'm not going to say from a technology standpoint they're good or bad or indifferent, but when you do an update, you have no control over what that looks like or the functionality of that system once once they press update. You know, I was more worried about that a year ago. I'm not really worried about that conversation anymore because everyone's used to this at this point. Everyone's used to the constant updates and the, oh, my gosh, Microsoft did this or Zoom did this or whoever did this and they know that it's going to change and they know that there's nothing I can do about it. I won't say everybody, but most people, you know, are aware that this kind of stuff happens, which is great for me because a year ago and prior, it was me getting all the blame and the service calls on something I couldn't control and getting to explain to people that this is nothing I can help you with. I'm sorry, please don't go to my competitor because he can't help you either. You know what I mean? 
Like that was hard. That that's not as hard a you know of a conversation to have anymore. The harder conversation I'm having right now is, oh great, thank you for the order. We'll put your system in in December because that's what I'm hoping to have equipment by. back orders. Yep. Right. Um, right. For for us also kind of similar to what Jeremy was saying is that the general strategy of the company is to basically get out of the data centers and be 100% in the cloud. You know, and so because everything is in the cloud, you know that, you know, any software as a service, you have to rely on whatever updates or whatever, you know, configurations that whatever vendor you're working with provides for that service. So as Jeremy said, you know, ultimately we can just say, sorry, it's, you know, it's Microsoft, it's Zoom, it's, you know, whoever it happens to be. And that's, that's more acceptable now, which is, which is really great. And the pandemic like really helped with that because everyone is already, you know, used to using this software from home. So they know, they see these changes happening, you know, um, you know, whatever platform it might be, they'll, they'll come to us and say, Hey, this looked a little different yesterday. Why does it look like this? Oh yeah. Yeah. They actually released a patch, you know, and that's why, you know, that's why you're going to see it, this difference now. And we have to keep up with it and just keep driven it. by the pandemic. Right. I mean, and, and, it, and it really was, that's, that's, a good thing that came out of the pandemic, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I, you know, myself, and, and I don't know about you, Shuli, and I, I know Tim, you know, we, we live in a world of technology, right? The pandemic was able to be weathered because of technology. Technology yep. has been driven because of the pandemic, right? So there has, and I'm not putting down the bad that came from this, right? Because there were many other people that aren't in the category of us where we were essential workers or we were right. you know, we worked through the pandemic. And, and, you know, I don't want to put that down at all. But but at the same time, the pandemic has been beneficial to us in the technology world in that it has pushed us by leaps and bounds, you know, years ahead of where I think we, we would have been, you know, had that not happened. So Absolutely. 100%. A number of people have said that, 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 that the pandemic from a technology from a technology standpoint, and even somewhat, somewhat from a sociological standpoint, has given us a leapfrog, right? Um, our, our old friend Dave Danto, who currently works for Poly, has been an advocate of remote working for well over 20 years. He would, he would argue that this gave the work from home worker uh, a good shot in the arm, no pun intended, uh, for, you know, um, the, the justification for working remotely, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, as, as we wrap up here, guys, I want to hit on something that you both kind of tackled, and that was um, collaboration, cloud collaboration, and leveraging the cloud. Uh, Shuli, we'll start with you on this. Yes, we, we are, most of us are, are, are moving to the cloud. Um, there are benefits and, and drawbacks to, to it, right? Um, mm -hmm. There was a number of years ago, uh, this is, you know, Netflix was affected, so not, not exactly like, you know, the end of the world, but there was a number <laughs> of DDoS attacks and, and you know, mm -hmm. servers got taken down. What are the dangers of kind of putting all our eggs in, in that cloud basket when it comes to collaboration? When it comes to collaboration, um, Definitely what Jeremy just said, you know, like sudden changes in the user experience, right? To me, as, as, a, as someone who cares about the customer experience, the worst thing that could happen is you just deploy something and you have all this documentation out and videos and everything on how something works. And then two days later, uh-oh, there's an update. This button is not in the same spot anymore. You have no idea how crazy it is that just even one little button not being in a certain spot can throw somebody off. It's like muscle memory. Try, 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 imagine going into your car. If you have one of those engine buttons to start your car and one day you wake up and it's on the other side of the steering wheel. I mean, that's going to drive you crazy. That's a great right? analogy. I'm going to use, I'm going to steal You know, that. so, you know, it's something like that. 
so so you you walk into the conference room and you know you're looking for that whatever speed dial button it is and it's not right in that spot users are going to complain you know and they're going to open tickets for it and it's just it's a you know it's a ripple effect it just completely and that's just one little thing so there has to be i i think the most important thing is a a communication plan and you have to have that two-way um, path with the vendor to know when these changes are coming so that you can get the time that you need to explain to everyone, okay, this is the update that's coming, this is what's going to change, and it, it really is like you're playing catch-up, you know, all the time. If they make you aware of those updates. If right. they make you aware, like that's another thing. Communication is key with the clients, right? Whether it's yeah. when you're going to be at a job site to what's going to change and what's going to happen. If you're aware of that, that that's the key. Right. Um, you, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll, there's not much to add to what you, what you said. I think that was very well put. I'm going to take a different perspective on, on kind of trying to answer that, that Tim. Um, I'm going to go from just the hard, okay, because I had this experience, I think, with you, if I'm not mistaken, right? At my house, love the cloud. I can hit my servers. I can hit all my stuff. I can be anywhere I want, good and bad. You know, you're stuck working then, so you go on vacation, you're stuck working because you can get access stuff easy. I mean, there's the good and the bad that comes with that. But on a really bad perspective, I guess it's worse for me because I kind of live in the middle of nowhere, but fortunately I have fiber internet at my house, right? Even if you live in a skyscraper in a big city, you see got fiber internet there, right? I was on a call with Tim, and I think it was with you, Tim, where literally I heard screeching tires outside my door, and then everything went blank, right? And the guy hit the telephone pole, which took out the fiber line in my neighborhood, right? So now I'm stuck at home, and because everything's in the cloud, I literally can do nothing, right? And, you know, my fiance who works at home too, runs a call center out of the house, her phone call, dead, right? So now she, who's a little bit more strict than my company, automatic vacation day for the rest of the day, right? So because you're not there logged in, taking the calls you need to talk, or you need to take. In my case, I, I couldn't do anything. I could hotspot, I could text you, Tim, because my cellular tower was still working, right? But I mean, just from a physical, you know, every day, fortunately, like, think about people friends that we have that live literally in the middle of nowhere on a farm and have the worst internet on the face of the earth. You can get satellite internet. Starlink's not up yet, right? Hopefully that's going to improve some things, but satellite internet has huge latency times. You can't do video conferencing with satellite internet. It's not possible, you know? So um, there's pros and cons to the cloud. I'm a big fan of it. Never used to be because it allows you to really work from anywhere. As long as all of these other conditions, A, B, and C are not interfered now granted car accidents you can't help mother nature you can't help these are all things that are very you know unlikely to happen in a, in a normal daily situation you know because fortunately we live in a country with very stable infrastructure for the most part right so um it's not an issue but those are those are some concerns i think with the cloud so yeah and willis towers watson is a global company so mm -hmm. You know what you just said. There are some areas that are a lot more susceptible to those type of issues. Hey, right? we may not so have power we... today. You know. Exactly. Right? No, it's a real yeah, thing. Yeah. It's a real thing. Well, and, and that so. is increasingly becoming a thing, especially you know, um, depending on where you are in the world, and and you know, we, we've had hurricanes and we've had other issues, you know, in the in the last couple of years, depending on where you are geographically in the U.S. Even right, not even talking about the world. So. All right, thank you both so much. Uh, you can check uh, both of the, both Julie and Jeremy, uh, along with their other cohorts, and my buddy Megan Dutta, as she heads up and moderates the panel, uh, the future, or what's next for conferencing and collaboration, June seventeenth, uh, a part of the AV three 
uh, event, you can go to ab3event.com and sign up and get almost five CTSRUs, almost five. So, uh, Mr. Caldera, thank you, sir. How do people connect with you or Pearl? Uh, PearlTechnology.com is our website, and uh, you can get me on Twitter, Jeremy underscore Caldera, LinkedIn, Facebook, all that jazz. I got it all, so. All right, very good. Surely, very nice to meet you, uh, even though it's virtual. Um, how do people connect with you or Willis Towers Watson? Um, they can look me up on LinkedIn. I'm Shuli Sengupta Forte. And um, as for Willis Towers Watson, WillisTowersWatson.com. All right, very good. Uh, for us, you know what? Go by, go by the, the AB3 website, ab3event.com. Again, uh, sign up uh, for an all-day event. Uh, I'll be moderating two panels. Uh, Megan will be moderating two panels, and I'll have an all-day event. You can get prizes, and at the end of the day, you can join us for uh, an Avixa-themed cocktail. Uh, that just means it's going to be orange and red and stuff like that. So all that and more at ab3event.com, ab3event.com.